0: Buddy, episode 162 of Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. I am your host, Sinon Schwarting, live from a lovely spring, spring spring-like New York City. um, yeah, back, uh interesting day in Turkish football of course of course today uh, or I should say yesterday it's late now late at night but yesterday Fesha uh visited Kasim Pasha although they didn't travel far of course Kasim Pasha is a fellow Istanbul side um, so yeah of course it was a huge game I'll talk a little bit uh, as I tend to do about uh, what was sort of happening, coming into this match, um, boy, where to begin, let's talk about Besiktas news first, and I think we have to of course start by talking about uh, what happened to our rival who played before us, Galatasaray visited Hatay, uh, Hatai Spore and lost three nil and what's interesting is that Hatai Sport was lacking Bupenza who's been having a phenomenal season uh, and still lost and on top of that uh, Hatay went down a man in the 79th minute and again uh, still won I should say <laughs> um, but so that was of course the big news for us coming into the match obviously so a chance to um, get a leg up on our opposition uh, I. On the other side of the news, of course, it was. I guess, boy, where do we start with the bad news? Um, A, I guess, for folks who may not recall, Rashid Ghazal was suspended for uh, yellow, having too many yellow cards for accumulating too many yellow cards. So he would uh, he'd be out. Additionally, uh, as far as yellow card accumulations go, but uh, Joseph. Valentin Rosier, Kyle Lahren and Nedjib all only needed one yellow card to be suspended for the upcoming match against Alanya Sport so that would be sort of hovering over a number of players' heads Um, and even more you know, more bad news to, to the pile here, during the NT break, many folks will probably already know about the fact that a coronavirus outbreak seems to have occurred, of course starting from Fenar players. Um, uh, If if anyone knows Turkish football and didn't anticipate some sort of coronavirus scandal occurring while the option was there, then they should question if they really knew Turkish football. And, of course, Fenerbahce would be the culprits as far as being, you know, uh, agent zero or whatever it is. Patient zero. but so, yeah, supposedly uh, Irfan, John Kaveci, and, uh, I forget who, maybe, I want to say John. Who else did they have there? Anyway, I uh, don't want to harp on it too much, but basically, yeah, they got they brought coronavirus to the side, to the team, and, uh, I mean, I, I guess on the flip side, they should be down a few players in their upcoming match later today. Um... And they'll be playing Denizli Spore, uh, which is both bad and good. Uh, Denizli Spore is in the relegation zone, and that's the bad part. But the good part, of course, is that because they're in the relegation zone, they have a lot to play for. We'll talk about why after all of this. Um, now, to our opponent, there would be some news as far as the relegation zone goes. Prior to our match, um, Kai City Spore drew. And Ankara Guju won, giving themselves 32 points. Um, uh, here also won, giving themselves 33 points. And so the reason all of those are important is because they all jumped ahead of Kasim Pasha in the standings, putting them in the relegation zone right before our match. So that, of course, would have given Kasim Pasha plenty to play for. uh, There's certainly enough talent that that should not be the case. Uh, even though they just gave uh, their talent away for free to our rivals for some reason, uh, preseason. But anyway, uh, I'll try not to... Ah, that just makes me so angry thinking about that they... ah, this, this team. Um, anyway, let's talk a little bit about this team. So, coming into this match, Kaisen Pasha was uh, not playing well. They had not won a match in quite a while. They had not won a match since February... 20th when they beat Fatih Karagumruk. Since then they had lost to Guztepe The following week uh, they lost to Trabzonspor uh, two to one. They drew Antalyaspor one to one. Of course Antalya, the, the classic draw team. Um, they drew Konyaspor one to one and then they lost against their two to one. So uh, yeah, they were certainly not playing well. Um, coming into this in, in quite bad form. So yeah, Besiktas would certainly would want would have wanted to get three points here, uh, but you know, like I said, Kasimpasa just entered the relegation zone, so they would be raring to go. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about lineups, I suppose. Um, For them, the only real players of note that I, th- I, c- I can mention their keeper is Erturul Tashkiran, who um, was a former Fenerbahçe product, I guess we could say. I don't think he played much for them, but... Um, aside from that, uh, their striker was Isaac Thelen, who uh, was a 20-year-old Swede uh, who's on loan from Anderlecht in Belgium. Uh, and he, he might make the hit list. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but he did some annoying things that I'll talk about. Um, and so let's start talking about our lineup, which is, I think, the one that we really need to know about. And this was a weird lineup. And I think uh, anybody who saw this lineup would immediately be criticizing Sargon Yalchin and i you know i like to come to the man's defense typically but i don't know that i can in this case um so ericin was in the goal fine doma vida and wellington on the back line fine left back fabrice and sakala fine okay did was available on the bench um still you know perhaps having just come back from injury you know not in top form was sort of rusty in his last appearance. Okay, right back, Nejib Lissou, and right now you're that uh, that that gif. No, no, the not the gif, the image, the meme of all the math formulas going through your head. Right, you're like wondering, huh? Nejib Lissou on the right back, but well, then what about Valentin Yeah, I'll get there. Um, midfield featured Joseph. De Souza on the back, Uh, Atiba Hutchinson, and then Adam Lijajic ahead of him, and Kudu on the left side, no surprises there uh, with all the injuries and all that, Um, and Valentin Rosier as our right midfielder. Very interesting decision. Uh, I don't know that he'd ever played in that position prior to this match. Um, Kyle Aaron up front. In the goal again, no surprises there with Abubakar injured. Uh, and there's some news on that is that he may be missing the next two matches, uh, not just this one. And again, Jank Tosun uh, uh, coronavirus protocols as alongside Durakhan because they were with the national side. Um, so, some pieces missing to be sure. Uh, especially, obviously, Ghazal and Abubakar because uh, of suspension and injury, uh, respectively. Um, so yeah, that would be that would be trouble, no doubt about it. And and the kind of weird, creative uh, lineup by Sergen would be, you know, curious to say the least. Uh, Gökhan Ture was available, so you'd think he could start on the wing. On the right side, and Valentin Rosier in his normal position. <laughs> for example, that's one sub, that, or that's one change that I would have made uh, without really thinking twice. Alternatively, perhaps Adem Ljajic could have played on the wing. Um, obviously, the bad news as far as Iden Hasic goes, for folks who don't know, is that he got injured during the, the international break, playing for the Bosnian under-21 side. And uh, he did not just get injured. He ruptured his ACL, which means he's out for a long time, probably till I'm gonna guess just offhand somewhere like next October, um, you know, maybe November. Maybe even to be safe, they uh, they hold it off till the, the the following year, 2022. So certainly bad news especially for, you know, any fans, fans of the podcast who know without a doubt that you know, he's a podcast favorite. Um, my daughter has his shirt because she... I mean, it's it's kind of funny. She simply said that she wanted the player who was young, closest to her age, so he was the youngest. So that was the logic to that one. But uh, I also have his shirt because, like I said, I thought he was the best prospect we had on the team. He may still be, uh, you know, the injury sucks, but we move on anyway so yes what that may- means is that of course there would be some complications with the wrestler. but I don't know if Sargon I uh, didn't go overboard there but nonetheless let's talk about this match uh, We would get going and it would be clear right away that basically trash was not gonna do th- this thing very well uh, they were not gonna play well it was gonna be uh, sloppy um, and it was, to say the least. Uh, ninth minute, Talen, um, Talen, whatever, uh, the a Swedish striker would have a, a a touch that was, I would say, 75% luck on a back heel. It would go perfectly to, into space for Haidadinovic to to run onto. Uh, his shot would not particularly good. Uh, Ersen, on the other hand, with some good positioning, would uh, make the save. It would be a comfortable save. Uh, the positioning was the highlight for him there. Uh, on the 12th minute, uh, another counter. Uh, again, this one would go would drop to Talin, Um and he would try to dribble. Although Arson would have would come out really well, um, advance and clear the ball uh, nicely. So Arson active very early, uh, showing his. Ability in sort of saving us some embarrassment, you think, uh, and yet um, somehow, in the 18th minute, off of what I can only describe as an assist from Nejib, Nejib <laughs> basically just passed them the ball. Uh, I touch Kata, uh the left-footed player, with his right foot would send in a um, a heck of a shot, to be honest. I can't say. Anyone like Erson was to blame, um, or even on the on, de, on defense. Like it really was just a, a wonder strike, and there's no denying that. Although again, Nejib gave him the ball for some reason. But um, one thing I can certainly say is being USA announcer uh, is apparently not a Besiktas fan because he he goes woohoo after they score, literally with the little high pitched squealy voice. And it made me want to throw up on the one hand and also uh, made me sort of violently angry. <laughs> uh, I certainly think that was not a very professional uh, commentator job there, or now out- job of announcing by being USA's uh, commentator, and I hope, yeah, I don't know. I hope they don't put that guy in best judge matches, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, Whatever, he, he was not a very good announcer on, on multiple fronts, and so I don't know if I wanna. I don't even know the dude's name, so whatever, it is what it is. I hate to sort of fire shots in the in the dark like that, but if, you know, I'm just gonna say, the guy sucks. Uh, 20th minute, Valentin Rosier would finally, you know, of course they would score. Uh, they'd be up 1-0 now, so um, that would obviously put sort of the fire under our butts a bit. Uh, and they were, they were, I will say that up to the 20th minute, I think possession was like 51% in their favor. So it wasn't just their goal. They, they earned it. They deserved it. And we were playing like butt, frankly. 20th minute, Valentin osier would find Kyle Laren with a hard cross. Um, a little tough for Kyle Lahren to, to control. He does quite well to control on, a, on a, sort of one touch to bring it down. Second touch on a volley. Uh, he swings uh, and it, it saves. Unfortunately, uh, keeper does well positionally there. Uh, er- does well. The former Finale again. I'll mention terrible keeper, on, except apparently against us when we're in a title race with his former team. 28th minute. A terrible pass would drop to Kyle Aaron, who sort of caught off guard, but does well to get onto the other end of it and. Uh, Just doesn't have enough space between him and the keeper to really do anything of particular interest. Uh, The ball goes straight to the keeper. And another wasted opportunity um, by Kyle Aaron. and uh, both are kind of like, he did good and bad on on both touches, so you don't want to give him too much guff, Uh, but on the other hand you would have loved to have seen a bit more. Um, 35th minute, uh, Domagoj Vida misses a header. Poorly, I will say, he poorly misses a header, uh, and it drops to Kimson, or sorry, uh, And uh, luckily, he is not very good with his head, apparently, uh, and so that one skews wide. And we, we are spared some blushes of going down two to nil at that point. Uh, bad defending by Vida there, which I wanted to highlight. Um, 37th minute, again Kumson. Uh, would bring a ball down and uh, force a save from Eriksen. I uh, did pretty well, I thought. Um, 43rd minute. So yeah, like despite us taking the, the the game a bit more after their goal again, like you you will note that they've had more of the opportunities than we have still since then uh, until the 30 uh, 43rd minute rather. Uh, Adem Ljajic with a really. Of actually intricate, lovely run through various players. Finds himself uh, behind their defense, sends it across, uh, sort of Karam's crazy up high, drops down as slowly as possible, somehow perfectly onto Doma Gojvita's head, and he would miss. Um, it looked like he did the best with what he sort of had you know, at first glance, but upon replay, he certainly could have done better, because it was really kind of perfectly positioned for him to just put in the back of the net. Uh, by luck, of course, I don't want to give Adam too much credit there. The, the run was nice, the pass was just a crazy deflection, but um, yeah, Vida should have probably put it away, doesn't. Uh, 46th minute, um, right before the half, so a little bit of extra time. Antiba! With a lovely little run. Gets around his man. around Along the right side. Sends in a pretty decent cross again to Kyle Aaron. This time, again, Kyle Aaron skies it. Um, you know, tough chance, honestly. A little bit behind him. Whatever. It is what it is. Probably could have. You know, I think Kyle Aaron could have done a little better. But we've seen better, perhaps, with luck. But anyway, we're going to the half. Down a goal. Um... Starting to take this match a little bit more seriously on the one hand, which is a positive, but also not looking like scoring, if we're going to be honest. Uh, uh, besides maybe a, a, a header on a free kick that's clattered in or something to that effect, it doesn't look like we have the um, singular ability, you know, technique, really, um, scoring instinct, even on any side of the pitch at this point. Especially with all guys out of position, I mean, nothing is going well. Ninja uh, as a right back, already cost us a goal, even. So, um, yeah, just nothing good at, at, at this point, I think we could say. Uh, and what's even more troubling, I think we could probably say, you know, is that there are no sub minutes the half. I'm not sure what Sargon's thinking at this stage but not a single sub is made. Um, So yeah, Uh, by the way, as far as Nedjip assisting the goal, technically he assisted, he did the hockey assist, he he gave it up to Varga, who easily found Aitachkada in space because uh, everybody was out of position. Um, Anyway, second half begins and almost right away, 53rd minute. bad news goes to worse. Uh, this Isaac Telen, Talen, Telen, whatever player um, gets contact right outside of the box and it's whistled for, as a free kick. They look at it at VAR, in VAR and decide it's a penalty. Now, not only is that dubious in terms of the fact that I think it m- might have been outside of the box, for me, what's most dubious about it is that it's not a penalty. It's not even a foul. Isaac Thelen, instead of playing the ball, advances his foot almost away from the ball in order to initiate contact with Wellington, who, to be fair, clatters into him like a moron because Wellington is. Um, I don't know what the word is. Like a bull in a, in a glass shop? What is, what is the term there? Uh, but anyway. Yeah, he he he's not the, the gentlest of players, obviously, um, but I have no doubt in my mind that Isaac Tellen is responsible for all contact there, and um, probably doesn't really deserve a penalty at all, to be honest. And I don't I don't think I got I, I heard a ton of complaints there, but they were doing this all match. Um, initiating contact that was getting whistled as fouls against us. Um, and you know, instead of going for the ball to make a play on it, they were positioning themselves and putting their legs out in places so that basically they would guarantee a Besiktas player making contact incidentally. Uh, but then flagrantly like flailing around and jumping and flopping so as to get whistles. Uh, and the ref was all too willing to oblige. I did not like this ref's performance particularly. I wouldn't blame him for this match either, though, because they were, like, like I said, you know, leading up to their match, they had every opportunity. We had none. Um, they deserved their goal. They had most of the ball, even. Yeah, so just a bad match all around, compounded by terrible refereeing. But Thalin would step up, and Erson would make the big save. Really terrible penalty, if we're honest. but. Um, nonetheless a diving save Edison looking solid behind between the sticks there and really just uh, Huge game from him all around to be if we're gonna be honest like he's kind of a bright spot in this match and had we um, Scored a goal after this he'd be a hero. So let's see. Could we get it done? Um, 57th minute (sighs) I touch Kata would Honestly, like, the ball... He'd miss the ball and then swing again. To me, it looks like with the absolute intent to kick our player's foot, he would get a yellow card for that. When it it seems to be an absolutely clear red card. Um, Don't know how the ref... He was right there looking at it like... I don't want to harp on the ref, really, because it's... I, uh, you know, it's says like spoiled milk, right? You know, sour milk. You don't want, to, you don't want to be with that, that kind of guy. But I don't know, man. It's Just terrible ref- refereeing. Again, compounding terrible playing. So again, it's not. You don't want to blame it too much. Uh, anyway, also in the face, right after that, 57th minute, Gokhan Tore would enter the match for Adem Ljajic, which uh, nobody would have wanted to see that. Um, Obviously, what happens here is Adem VIH leaving uh, means that Gokan Tore goes to the wing, Valentin Rozier slides back, and Nejip moves into the center of the midfield. But so now we're playing with two, three defensive midfielders. Uh, again, we didn't do that against Fnabrace with a lead late in the game, but apparently a, a losing to Kazim now it's time for three defensive midfielders. Uh, it's just weird, man. <laughs> okay terrible substitution in my opinion um, not that I uh, Gokhan Tore not only was the right man to bring in but should have started this match uh, um, and he would play well of note but um, Adem Ljajic was not the man to bring out at all I think perhaps Najib was 66th um, minute Atiba would make a, a lovely run uh, but then take a shot from distance that would sort of sky it a bit. I mean, not sky it, it was was placed, but high over the crossbar. Decent effort, marking just what was, at this point, Atiba Hutchinson trying to will us to something here, Um, and you you could tell that effort was sort of indicative of it, although also indicative of, perhaps, his lack of ability in the uh, in the final end of the pitch at least finishing but um, 70 no sorry sixty sixth minute of course Bistrovich would enter for I touch cut because I think uh, a justice yellow could have been dished out for I touch uh, and and so they they spared themselves that by subbing him out um and Kumson would sub out of the match as well Ozan would enter the match 72nd minute for Nejip so I don't know why they didn't just you know, maybe seven Ozan and Gökhan Tore for Nedjib and Liyevich or whatever, but they they shouldn't have wasted um, 15 minutes or so. You know, with with three defensive mid- midfielders, a, a vital 15 minutes no less. Um, in the 75th minute, Ertuğrul Taskiran would get himself a yellow card for um, you know delaying tactics. Again, ex-finale, let's not forget that. Danny Drinkwater would enter the match for Varga, the assist man. Um, What else? 79th minute, a corner. Would drop to Kyle Lahren, who would send it wide. Kind of decent effort. Could have maybe done more with his head. Uh, Was sort of a, a bit of a zinger of a cross, though. So, you know, again, like, Kyle Lahren didn't... Clearly didn't do enough and he was he was like a, a no-show for the most part, but he's he's I don't know, he's not a striker, I think, which is weird to say. I think he's a winger at this point. Um, secondary striker coming in on the wing. Um 83rd minute Khrushchev Tosić would come up with a yellow, 89th minute Wellington with a yellow. This would be okay. He was not one of those four guys I mentioned who would be suspended with a yellow. Uh, substitution substitution Dinovic would leave the game can best. Um, that would be right after uh, another chance, but from Atiba, uh, where the ball would carry around, uh, bounce, sort of drop to Atiba, who'd have a shot in. It would it would be blocked because they were at this point packing the box in defense. Um, so that would be a chance gone awry. Uh, pretty decent volley though. Atiba brought it down well. That might have been a goal. had the defender not nah, been where he was uh, 94th minute Gokan Tore with a lovely little cross right onto Domagoj Vida's head and um, over the goal like I don't want to say point blank but like he had the momentum he was moving in the right direction the cross was exactly where it needed to be in swinging and it was exactly the kind of thing where Domagoj Vida would normally like we've seen that like, go in a number of times and to make things worse, so that was the 94th minute, in the 95th minute, on a corner by Gokantore. Again, Domingos Vida, and this time he would head it wide, not over the goal. Um, again, like you felt like he really could have finished that, and he, you've seen him finish those before. So, an off day for Domingos Vida in the air, and in defense. Um, and yeah, 95th minute, they would whistle it. Also garbage, by the way, because um, there were three minutes for the VAR penalty. Um, Ertuğrul had his entire leg wrapped. It was after he got a yellow card, by the way, for delay, so that may have been another yellow card for him. Um, he, he faked an injury, got his leg wrapped for a good, like, three minutes. They, I noticed they used the whole roll around his leg. Um, so, I you know, whatever. Terrible f- performance. Final whistle blows in the 95th minute. Game is over. And we've lost. One to nil. And we've lost. The opportunity to go up further on our rivals today. And, and we've lost morale, and we've lost a, a, a weekend, you know, of, of joy, if you will. Sorry, organizing my notes here. Um, <clears throat> quite a roller coaster for me personally. You know, I watched the Knicks win by 44 points on Saturday to watch us drop a heartbreaker against Kasim Pasha on Sunday. Um, terrible outcome for Besiktas. Ugh, just just terrible, frankly. Just terrible in all ways. Um, let's talk about stats. Let's just cut right to stats. i um, just so unhappy. <laughs> Still, there was really a dour end to the weekend, I think. I mean, on the other hand, here's, here's my thinking. I'll take a sip of water and allow us all to ruminate for a moment. Um, yeah, you know, beautiful day in New York, spring day after the game, I sort of blocked the game out. Weather was so nice, walked around with my family, um, had sort of a decent time of it, you know, sort of forgot about the match. Uh, this is one of those days where you got to remember we're um, hopefully if all things go well about three-quarters of the way through a global pandemic that since you're listening to this I suppose you're surviving so uh, let's just be happy that we're alive to be watching a football game on a Sunday afternoon (laughs) that's what we could say about a game like this and and not be too grim I mean, we're missing vital pieces obviously especially in Ghazal and Abu Bakr uh, and then even our backups, Abu backup, Abu backup, Jenk Tosin, we brought in for just this. Um, he, he would get coronavirus, or at least be put through protocol. So, um, just terrible luck, but also a terrible performance. With that said, even though they had that first 20 minutes and deserved their goal, we probably didn't deserve to, to lose this. Um... 64% possession for Besiktas. 16 shots total to their 11. Um, 11 chances created to their 10. Big chances, however, would skew towards custom pressure four to one. Um, I don't know. If I buy that, like I consider a couple of those headers. Vita missed late, fairly big chances. I don't know if that was one of the ones that they included but I doubt it because then there was also the Kyle and volley and the, you know, I mean I don't know I don't know um accurate passes 555 by Beshikas to their 200, 256 uh, we completed them at an 86% rate to their 72% they conceded 13 fouls we conceded 9 we had 5 corners to their 2 and we were offsides twice to their nil so we showed more desire uh, and you know w- did willingness, and uh, just didn't pan out. We had nine shots off target to their four. We had two on target to their four. So they had more on target. Harrison, some saves, three, three solid saves. Um, yeah, I mean those are the sort of major team stats. Let's talk a little bit about player stats, I suppose. Now, this is interesting, actually. There's some interesting stats to pull from this. One is that the top performer of this match, by rating, was Ersin Destanola. And like I said, you know, had we pulled a goal back, or even two, <laughs> on a good day, because why not, Uh, No doubt about it that he would have been the hero, the big hero for some of the saves he made. Obviously the penalty. Um, Our next best performer was Atiba Hutchinson. Let's talk a little bit about what he did for us. He um, completed 78 passes at an 89% rate. He created two chances, had three shots, both off target. Uh, But, you know, that's kind of what you get typically with him. He won eight duels and lost one. So, eight of nine. Really fantastic work in the midfield. Um, Trying to find any other sort of key stats here. I don't think there were any other good ones. He had two interceptions. Uh, He won the ball aerially, aerially even once today. He made 11 recoveries, you know, getting the ball back on sort of loose balls or coming back for him. Um, He blocked a shot, even, you know, he, he. he completed three out of four dribbles, um, so yeah. I mean, statistically, a fantastic match. And I don't think anybody would uh, would disagree that he was probably our man of the match, I mean, if not uh, Ersin And uh, another interesting stat here: uh, th- our next best-rated player was Fabrice Nsakala. Uh, and I, I, I was sort of. I, I'm, I, I'm always. Weary of all the criticism he's gotten, and I've noted that he's played well even in these matches where we haven't gotten the results of late. Um, he completed 87% of his passes, that's not bad considering he does a pretty decent amount of crossing. He created a chance um, 44 accurate passes at an 87% rate, um, two crosses completed, six long balls. He won eight duels, lost five, so not perfect there, you know, eight of 13, but. Uh, you know, pretty decent, honestly. Um, he was one of one on his dribbles. Uh, he won two out of five aerial um, competitions. So, like, that's that's always kind of... I would say that's the, one of the major weaknesses of his game. He made 11 recoveries, though, so... He was active, actually. So, statistically, had a good game. Um, his side didn't let up any goals this week. Um, you know... I think we all are infatuated with the Ridvan Yilmaz, and like he's a product of our team, and he's a Turk, um, and so we all want him to be the guy. But I don't, I, I I'm, I don't like how people throw and cycle onto the bus to the extent that they do. I don't think he's nearly as bad as people like to make him out to be. Um, he's obviously not a great player, and maybe not even good enough to be a better player. But at least, I, I mean, I, I would disagree with that. I think, especially in terms of depth, when you have a guy like Ridvan who's young and a little inconsistent. Uh, I think Encyclo is almost an ideal pair pairing, in that it's, it's alright if he doesn't, if he loses the position too, right? Nobody's gonna it. be too heartbroken. Um, Joseph de Souza was sort of mediocre in this match, I think we'd all agree. He completed 72 passes at an 87% rate, had three shots, all of them off target. Um, one of them was blocked by the defender, by a defender. Um, he won three out of five duels, which you know, not bad. He blocked a shot as well. Only made five recoveries, which is sort of one of his strong suits. Typically, um, he won three out of five uh, aerial duels. So, um, you know, just eh, kind of a meh game from him. Ninety-three touches. So he was he was active, but yeah, not one of his better matches, unfortunately. Um, and Kudu, let's talk about George Cavett and Kudu's stats. I think a lot of people would have would have would have had him as their uh one of their worst performers of his match. But what's interesting is that he certainly did not pass the uh, eye test. Um he had a poor performance by most of our metrics, but statistically it was not a terrible performance. Um he completed the most dribbles in the match at four. Um, he completed 85% of his passes, uh, which at you know, 45 passes were accurate, so that's not bad. Um, four shots, all of them were off target. Two of them off target, two of them blocked. Um, only one of four crosses accurate, which is I think where I think most of us will have been most disappointed. But he completed two out of three long balls. Uh, he had no key passes, which I think is obviously also where a lot of us will be disappointed. Uh, but he won 9 duels and lost 7, so 9 out of 16, which is pretty solid, um, you know. He put in an effort, he put in a lot of effort. He completed 7 dribbles, um, or I should say he attempted 7 dribbles and completed 4, so like I said, the most in the match, uh, and, and not, not, not flawless, he was dispossessed twice, you know, not not great there, but he also had 10 recoveries. Um, He was one-for-one in aerial duels, so, um, you know, I think what the problem was with his match is that we needed more from him in particular. He was our offensive spark, he was the guy that, um, given other guys were playing out of position, uh, Laren is a guy who needs, not to be too rude about it, but kind of needs things presented, you know, gift wrapped, if you will. Um, and so, you know, Nkudu was the guy we were relying on, maybe, perhaps most of all, to get it done. Next to, maybe, like, Adem Ljajic um, and Atiba, who really did come through. Um, and Nkudu did not, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> um, Gokan Tore had a pretty good game. Statistically, I won't really go into it. Najib did not. This is where it falls left. Vida did not. Wellington did not. Valentin Rozier did not have a good game, statistically. The IH, what's interesting here is his, his rating is poor, but his stats are not that bad. Like his passing rate, success rate is at 88%, uh, with 38 passes completed. I think what, thing, what stands out is that, I mean, he did create a chance, for example, but he had zero shots. Zero. None, none off target, none on target. And if he's sacrificing his attack for you know, playing more of a central role and more defensive, possession-oriented, well, then it's not that impressive that he won zero duels um, and lost three. He was 0 for 3. Um, He completed zero dribbles and attempted only two. Um, In part, that's because of the final product. Like I said, one of the crosses didn't come off, and it actually ended up landing on Domingos Vita's head perfectly. Um, so he, I mean, he he actually had some pretty windy, some impressive runs that, you know, the final product was wasn't quite there, uh, and, and it wasn't always on him, but uh, just not, you know, only one recovery. So you know, if, again, if he's sacrificing his attack to play more of a central midfield role, it's not it's not panning out. Um, but I won't say he was the 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 low light. Um, I won't give it to Domegos Vida or Nkudu, even though they were particularly poor. Uh, because again, statistically they weren't, and you could actually point to a few things they did well even. Uh, it's just that we needed more from them. And they're guys who, uh, in Domegos Vida's case, who we know can can get the job done. And so like a lot of those headers he missed, we, we, we know he could do better. Uh, defensively, he wasn't really that sharp. We know he can do better. Uh, and in the case of Nkudu, We just need more from him. Uh, We we paid a bunch of money for him. He has had a few decent performances, um, some off the bench, um, others kind of right when he'd come off that injury. Pretty long while back at this point. uh, But, but, you know, he's settled into a very mediocre run of play here. But our lowlights might, I mean, besides Nedjip, who, you know, gifted them their goal perhaps, would have to go to Kyle Lahren. Um, Kyle Laren completed only 72% of his passes, uh, 18 completed, um, three shots, two of them on target but weak, easily saved, one off target, skied, he had a big chance missed, you know, statistically they're calling that uh, what it was, I suppose. Um, he was one for one as far as lung walls accuracy, which is uh, okay, I guess, but... Um, He also won seven duels out of. uh, Let me do the math here. Fifteen. Not great, considering he was a lone striker. One out of two dribbles completed successfully. Um, Should have probably tried more, considering he was at the fulcrum of our attack. He was dispossessed four times. He was fouled four times, so probably got us free kicks. But um, he won two out of three aerial duels, which isn't bad made four recoveries. But certainly, um, we needed more. We needed a lot more out of our boy Kyle Aaron. And it wasn't there. Um, still, I gotta give the low light to Nejip, though. Because of uh, just how important his mistake was. One other thing of note is that Ozan and statistics were terrible. Um, be that as it may. Uh, still, I think, encourage him coming on for Nedjip in that match. But so yeah, Erison Probably the man of the match. Maybe Atiba, though, because he was really solid. No doubt about it. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, Lowlight, Nejip, with honorable mention to Nkudu and Vida. Uh, in part, because they were not very good. Uh, in part, even though they were not bad statistically, because they needed to be much better. They, they were the ones that could have gifted us this win had they, had they just brought, like... A 7 out of 10, you know? Um, let's, uh, it wasn't to be. Uh, let's talk about the table. Uh, and this is actually where things get kind of fun. This is where there is a silver lining. Um, and Fenerbahce is going to play today, uh, later on today, uh, against Denizli Spohr, though. Suppose, they're supposed to have a bunch of guys out. No, We've seen the TFF rewrite the rule books for them already with financial fair play stuff, so I don't know. Somehow they're going to get to have all their players back, too. That would be incredibly ridiculous. But anyway, here's where we stand. Um, and, and so this, like I said, there's a silver lining here. Even though we lost, I lost as well, fully. Um, outright, 3-0. Uh, and 3-0 compared to our 1-0. And so why this is important is that not only uh, are we still 3 points uh, up on them with a game in hand, meaning we could be six points up, ideally. Uh, You don't want to count your chickens before they hatch, obviously, today being a very good example why, or yesterday, sorry. Um, But what's important to note is that the goal differential now, we have a 32 goal differential, and they have a 31 goal differential. So we're actually up in that category as well. So all tiebreakers right now go go our way. So um, that's good, right? Uh, additionally, Fenerbahce, although even if they even if they won today, they 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 would be back two points, you know, for, for a moment here. But they'd also be back to being a game, uh, to, to giving us a game in hand. Um, so right now we're level with 30, 30 matches played, and we have a five point advantage. So after tomorrow, it could be dropped to two or three, or it could remain at five, you know, ideally. But um, you know, not gonna work. But uh, no matter what, we're going to get a game in hand back over Fenerbahce tomorrow. So that's sort of to our advantage, I suppose we could say. Uh, but so let me just uh, sort of officially say where we are with things. Um, 30 matches played by Besiktas, sorry, 64 points. Galatasaray, 31 matches played, 61 points. Fenerbahce, 30 matches played, 59 points. Trabzonspor, after 31 matches... Has 56 points. So if Fenerbahce were to lose tomorrow, they'd only be three points ahead of Trabzon Spore in fourth. So Trabzon has something to play for here. Uh, and fifth is Alanya Spor, who have 49 points and are functionally out of things, along with Hatay Spore, who also have 49 points and a game in hand over Alanya. Alanya's played 31 matches versus Hatay's 30. Um, but they're not really in it at this stage I suppose, theoretically, they're in the, the hunt for fourth place, but, uh, and again, a spot in Europe, but um, I don't know if that's a compelling enough narrative for me to really have to talk about what they're doing. Uh, what I will mention, though, just out of interest, is the relegation table. Denizli Spores on the bottom, 21st place, with 25 points. Erzurum in 20th, with 27 points. Gensler with 30 points. Kayseri with 32 points. But the, the interesting, that, that's that's it for the relegation zone, by the way. Ankara Gudru and Yeni Malacca also have 32 points. Uh, Başakşehir has 33, and Kasim now has 34. So they're two points out of the relegation zone, but actually uh, four places out of it. Um, but so what's interesting to note is that Kayseri has 30 matches played, Gensler has 30 matches played, Erzurum 31... So they're actually in the worst shape right now because Denizli only has 29 matches played. So they have a lot to play for against Fanarbache tomorrow. No doubt about it. So um, that's, you know, that's all I'll have to say really about that. Obviously, um, stay tuned. We will be back with more of the Black Eagles podcast very soon. Um, Alanya Spor is the next... Man up, if you will, for Besiktas. Um, Besiktas will host Alanya at noon Wednesday, April 7th. So we we, we will be back. Um, maybe I'll get a con episode. I think Wednesday was the day. He can do it. I think. Uh, you know, don't hold your breath. No idea what the what the what the availability is for him on that. But um, yeah, we will definitely be back. I will be certainly be back post Alanya for to hopefully talk about a, a positive result. We certainly need one. We need to, to get... Put this one in the past. Move on. Not think about it anymore. Um, and yeah, that's it for me here. Um, we'll be back, of course. Stay tuned for that. Follow us on Twitter. At... Uh, Eagles. At Eagles underscore podcast. Follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Follow uh, the podcast on Instagram. Black Eagles podcast, one word. Uh, we'll be back. See you around, folks.